All right, man. Is it a good day to be in the house of the Lord? Y'all give it up for our worship team and our production team. They've done an incredible job. Y'all would just man, celebrate those guys. Woo. They've been working all week uh, just trying to get everything ready and right for, uh, for this weekend, and it has been a true celebration, I'm just telling you. You know, it's, I hope some of you guys took uh, maybe my advice or my encouragement last week to maybe read through the Gospels this week as we, as we move through Holy Week, that maybe you took the time uh, to read through the Gospels just to see what happened throughout this week. And, you know, last week we celebrated the triumphal entry as Jesus came in. And, uh, you know, he was headed to the cross. There was nothing going to deter him. So a couple of days ago, you know, we get to uh, with the Last Supper on Thursday night, and then we see Good Friday. And so Good Friday, Jesus goes to the, to the cross, and he goes there for you and for me. He goes there to bleed out his precious blood to wash away your sins and my sins. And so I don't know about you, but on Good Friday, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we kind of think back through it. But if you read through the Gospels, you know, it's, there's four different guys that give kind of their perspective. And as they're sharing, you know, what they saw and what they experienced, you, you get details that, you know, just you sometimes go, I, I forgot about that. And a lot of them we know, like Peter denied Jesus. We know that, you know, and, and we think about that moment whenever Jesus made eye contact with Peter and how that must have felt. But there's all kinds of other things there that we miss sometimes. And I think going back and just letting the Scriptures, again, unveil some things to us. Because a lot of times we become blinded because of all the stuff in this world. But when we get back into Scripture, into God's Word, and we allow the Holy Spirit to kind of bring it to life in us, man, it makes the resurrection, it makes the cross, it makes everything so much more powerful, it seems like. So when we look at the cross and we look at Jesus on the cross, we see really God's God's love on full display. The love of the Father is on full display. He has sent His Son, Jesus, to the cross. We see the, the love of the Son on full display at the cross of Christ. And so what He's saying to the world, He's saying to the whole world, Hey, listen, I love you so much, I would be willing to send my Son, Jesus, John three sixteen, to the cross to bleed out, to die so that you might live. And that's what God is saying. Then Jesus is saying, hey, listen, there's nothing going to deter me. And I think at times we think that Pilate and the religious leaders and the mob, they're the ones that were able to crucify Jesus. And I'm just telling you, it was not that way. I know we think that when we read it sometimes, but really Jesus said, hey, listen, no one takes my life from me. He goes, I choose to lay it down. Because he loved you so much and he loved me so much, he was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what mob is out there. I'm going to the cross. I'm paying the price. I'm redeeming those that are lost. And so hopefully when you look back at Good Friday and you look at the cross, it's not just an ornament. It's not just a fixture. You go, you know what? That is where God's love was made so clear. And so, God, thank you for loving us and loving me. And then we move to the, to the resurrection. And we, we move to the power of the resurrection. And to me, the, the, the full display of God's power was literally on display at the resurrection. He is risen. The tomb is empty, right? And we get to celebrate that today. That's what Easter is about. This is the cornerstone or the foundation in a lot of ways of our faith is that Jesus is not in a tomb. That tomb is empty. So we celebrate a risen Savior today. And He has the power over sin, over death, over the grave. All of that's defeated. So as we gather today, man, I want us to look back at the resurrection and just realize, you know, what all happened on that day. And so here we'll read out of Matthew. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. Now, when we read that, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, I would read that passage there or hear that story. I would always kind of envision. So when I read stuff, I get a mental picture of what that looks like. And so I can just imagine this angel coming down, rolling the stone away, you know, and then just sitting on it like that was no big deal. 
Like, hey, you know what? That, that's small. That's chump change. That's nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so he's sitting on it. And I'm thinking, you know, man, that's the power of God. As a little kid, I, I, I could tell that. I noticed that. You know, and, I, and I see that, you know, this earthquake takes place. And, of course, these are physical things. And, and an earthquake is one of the most powerful things that our, our world, this earth, experiences. I mean, we had plenty of thunderstorms here lately, right? You know, and you hear that thunder go off and that clap of thunder. And it sounds like, man, the whole house is caving in. And you go, man, that's power. But that's just physical power. God has control over all of that, but what we're looking at today is spiritual power. And his face shone like lightning, and his, cloth- his, his clothing was a, as white as snow. And the, God, the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell in a dead faint. I always think about, you know, this, this angel appears, and he's, man, he's all lit up and everything. And, and literally, these, these Roman soldiers that are trained, you know, from early childhood to be warriors, literally fall in faint. They faint. They're overwhelmed by the power and the authority of, of God through this angel. And then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. So come and see where his body was lying. So he's telling, hey, listen, don't be afraid. I want you to come and look. He's not here. He's gone. You know, the, gra- the grave clothes may have been there, but he was gone. And so, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there. Remember what I have told you. And Jesus had told them, hey, listen, I'll see you guys in Galilee. He told them that. And so he was going to, he always does what he says he's going to do. The women ran quickly from the tomb, and they were very frightened. Even though the angel has said, hey, listen, don't be afraid. They're still wrestling with this. They're still battling this. And so they're moving there, and it says, but also filled with great joy. So they're excited, right? Man, Jesus said that he would, he, he would literally die. He would, he would go to death. He would go to the grave. But he would be resurrected. And they're going, it's true. How awesome is that that Jesus revealed that to these ladies? And so they had great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. As they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him. They grasped his feet and they worshipped him. Can you imagine? They're, they're going, he's not there. And then all of a sudden they see him. This is their Lord. This is their Savior. This is their King. This is who had changed their life. You know, and they go, man, it's true. It's, it, he's alive. He's here. And so they fall at his feet and they worship him. And I would think that most of us would have that mentality that, man, when we see Jesus, we would just literally fall at his feet. But it doesn't always work that way. And so here these, these women fall and grasp his feet and just begin to worship. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. And so God's power was on full display at the tomb. Not just physical power, because God spoke all things into existence. Even the earth that we stand on, you know, literally God spoke, spoke it into existence and literally put it in spin, if you would, or orbit around the sun. He spoke those things into existence. And so everything that we see and everything that we know, God is over all of that. And, and yet we see here spiritual power that God literally is over the grave. He is over death. It has no reign over him and Jesus either. Jesus, who was fully God, would come and dwell among men. He would feel everything. We talk about the cross, you know, Jesus felt everything. And it's, a, it's Good Friday for us, it's Bad Friday for Jesus in a lot of ways physically. And so the physical was there. I mean, he felt the beatings, he felt the scourgings, he felt the, the nails being drove through his, his feet and his hands. He felt all of that, just like we would. But yet he, he was not deterred. He was going to finish what he started. And he did that because he loved you and he loved me. And so his power was on display at the resurrection. He had already shown his love. He's shown love like nobody. He said, man, hey, I love you this much. I'll lay down my life. 
I mean, I think about, you know, all that he went through, the beatings, the humiliation, the pain, literally struggling for six hours just to catch his breath, just to breathe, and all that he went through to, for me and for you. And so whenever we think about that, we go, you know, that's incredible love. And this is for a people that didn't even appreciate him, for people that didn't really love him. But he loved us first. And so we look at the, t- the tomb and we see God's power on display. We've already seen his love, but now we see the power of the resurrection. And I think that there are many times that there's lots of us as believers that we go, man, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and I believe that God loved us. And I believe John three sixteen. we would say that all day long, right? But we don't understand the power of the resurrection. We go through life defeated. We go through life living as captives, sometimes to fear, just like you know, they say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But I think sometimes we go through life in fear. Fear we're not going to measure up. Fear that we're going to be alone, whatever it might be. And so the enemy loves to feed us these lies. And what we do is we believe the lies over the truth of God's Word. And so there's so many Christians and so many believers that believe in the cross and they believe in the love of God and they believe in the, in, in the fact that, that God sent His Son to die for us, but they don't believe in the power of the resurrection. And they don't walk in that authority on a day-to-day basis and they walk and they live defeated lives. Jesus said, hey, I've come that you might have victory. And so where's the victory? Are we walking in that victory or are we walking defeated? Are we living as captives and slaves to the things of this world and maybe, maybe to the flesh and maybe to even spiritual warfare? It just keeps us beat down because we don't know what we have within us. So today I'm praying that God is going to open up our minds and open up our eyes and allow us to kind of see what God's word says to us about the power of the resurrection that is available to us today. That it's available to us today. So God's power was on full display. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. We see the, the physical power. His face shone like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. You know, so think about that. You know, that we can look at that and we go, you know, we've seen special effects. We have Hollywood that can do all these kinds of things. And so we kind of get an idea of what that might have been like. But back in the day, this day, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have special effects. They didn't have LED lights. I mean, for them, man, you know, something that would be special effects would have been a flashlight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they didn't have any of that. And so all of this that happens, everything that happens like that would have been God, like God speaking through a burning bush or God speaking through a donkey or God doing something that you go, you know, that can't be explained. That is the power of God at work. And so here they see this whole experience with this angel and they're blown away. Now, for us, like I said, we've been desensitized by all that we can see on TV but, man, they were blown away and they were living in fear. But I'll just tell you this. I think if we'd have been there, we'd have been wigging out a little bit too, right? And, and what, what, what are they told? It says, don't be afraid. What? I mean, I'm sitting there going like, don't be afraid. What? I mean, you sound like Kevin Hart. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what? What are you talking about? I mean, you would be wigging out. We would be wigging out. I mean, all they have was torches and candles or something like that. And yet, all of a sudden, here's this dude that's lit up like light. He says, don't be afraid. And if you remember, you know, even whenever they left the angel, the angel is not Jesus. Let me be clear. So the angel said, hey, listen, don't be afraid. But it says they were frightened as they left. But whenever they ran into Jesus, it was different. Whenever they saw Jesus, it changed everything. And I'm just telling you, for those of us in the room, man, if you're still going through life and you're searching and you haven't seen Jesus and you haven't experienced Jesus, I'm just telling you, you're missing out. And you probably are living afraid. Those scriptures that we just read said he isn't here, he is risen from the dead, just as he said it would happen, come see where his body was lying, was, you know, it was enough to kind of give them encouragement. And they were like, you know what, we're going to go see, 
We're going to go tell the disciples what we've seen. They, they, were, they were encouraged by that. But Jesus is the one that comforted them. And when Jesus said, Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. We don't hear that anymore. But what they did was they fell at his feet and they worshipped him. They grasped his feet. They clung to his feet. And they were going, Jesus, and just worshipping him. You know, earlier we were singing songs, hallelujah for the cross. You know, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And we were worshiping, and I hope that you were worshiping in truth and in spirit, but man, they are watching their Messiah who is resurrected stand before them. Can you imagine what that worship experience was like? I mean, how powerful that was. But they weren't afraid anymore once Jesus said that, once he was there. And I'm just telling you, there may be some of you going through life that you are afraid. Even today, you are afraid to come here. You know, and I don't know what keeps you from, you know, keeps you feeling that way. But it may be that just the enemy is lying to you. And he said, hey, listen, nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. Nobody wants you. And I'm just telling you, God is here to tell you that that is a lie. That he loves you. And man, he wants to, he wants to work in you. And he wants to heal you. And he wants to set you free of the things that are keeping you captive. God's powerful grace was on full display at the cross of Jesus. I've already said that his love was on full display, right? But grace is, uh, is unmerited favor. something we don't deserve. And so when we look at this, we go, God's, God's powerful grace was on full display at the cross. His grace and His mercy. In other words, God is saying, hey, listen, none of you deserve this. We're all messed up. We're all, we're all in need of a Savior. And so none of us deserve this. And so grace is whenever you deserve something. You know, but God says, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of that. And so God in His incredible grace, His powerful grace, He looks down at mankind and He says, you know what? You'll never make it on your own. But I'm going to provide a way and my son is going to pay the price for your sins, for your lies and your cheating, and your stealing and your lust or whatever it might be. He says, you know what? My son is going to pay for that. He's going to cover that. He's going to redeem you. And so we see the, the picture. It says for everyone has sinned. This is in Romans three twenty three. for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. What that says is we've all messed up. We're all broken. We're all in need of a savior. You know, every one of us in this room, if you've ever even told one little white lie or you thought one bad thought that, you know, you were lustful or whatever it might have been, you've sinned and you've messed up. You've, the standard is perfection. And none of us can get there. Jesus was the only one that was perfect. And so all the rest of us are broken, sinful people. So this room is full of what? Sinners. Everyone watching online. Sinners. And so the thing is, is God said, hey, listen, that's what you, that's what you were, but you don't have to stay that. You can be set free from the power of sin. You can be redeemed. You can be paid for. You can be atoned for. All those sins covered by the blood of my son. And so we've all fallen short of that standard. But look at what it says. Yet God freely and graciously, there's his grace again, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. And so when we put our faith in Christ, when we believe, here's the thing, we're, we're shown God's grace and his mercy. And, and it's applied to our life. But look at it, it declares that we are righteous. Even though everyone in this room knows that we're sinners and we're broken and we're in need of a Savior, whenever the, the blood of Christ is applied to our life, it's His righteousness that covers us. And so when God looks at us, He doesn't see my brokenness. He sees the, 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 the positive, powerful work of Jesus' blood applied to my life. It's Jesus' righteousness that God sees. And so God declares that we are righteous. He did this through, Jesus, through, Christ, who, who, through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. In other words, we've been set free, so we ought to live in freedom. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they what? When they believe. When they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And so I think there are times we often try to, we want to add to that. We go, you know what, well, that, that just seems a little bit too easy. That's almost too easy. 
So I think we need to add to that. I think maybe if you read the Bible a little bit more and, you know, maybe if you go to church more, you know, then maybe God will begin to accept you or maybe God will begin to say, hey, you know what? They're okay. They're on their way. They're working. They're working progress or whatever. But what this says is they believe. When they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood, when we put our belief in who Jesus is and what he did on the cross, we go, you know what? That's salvation. But in this day and age, we're such a works, you know, focused people. We think, all right, we've got to add. That's just too easy. How can a child go through the waters of baptism? Does she really understand? If she believes it's childlike faith, that's what the Bible says, that she's saved, right? And so when she goes through the waters of baptism, she's buried with Christ, raised to walk in the newness of life. And we always want to kind of add to it because it just seems too easy. But the gospel is this. You can't get there. You don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. It takes me believing in what Jesus did on the cross and me dying to myself and what I think I can bring to the table. I'm going, you know what? God, here I am. Just take me and use me however you can. And so it's him shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in, these, in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. Again, it's a picture of his grace. God's grace is shown. Jesus died for our sins, past, present, and future. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. God is the righteous one. God is the righteous one. For he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they what? When they believe in Jesus. When they believe in Jesus. Franklin Graham's got a video out or a commercial out where he he talks and he presents the gospel. And he says, hey, listen, if you will believe in Jesus, if you'll put your faith in who he is, you will be saved. And, I, and like sometimes I go, man, is it that easy? And God made it simple enough that a child could come to know Christ or an old man or a criminal hanging on a cross. See, there's, there's two thieves hanging beside Jesus as he's, as he's crucified. There's one on each side. And one of those thieves ends up believing in Jesus. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And we were talking about that earlier last night. Tony and I were talking about it. And, you know, you just, a guy tells a story, he talks about, hey, you know, whenever that, that thief gets to, gets to heaven, the angel says, hey, what are you doing here? How did you get here? He goes, man, I, I really don't know. He goes, well, did you read the Bible? Did you take communion? Were you baptized? Did you go through any of these things? He goes, man, I don't know. I just know the dude in the middle, hanging in on, on the cross in the middle, told me that I was coming with him today, and he's the one that brought me here. I mean, you think about that. He believed, and Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Amen? I mean, that is awesome. And so oftentimes what we're going is, you know, I've got to measure up. I've got to qualify. You'll never qualify. It is what Jesus does. It's what he did on the cross that qualifies us at all. And so it's when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast in that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. There's nothing that we can do to say, well, I did this or I did that. It's really when we surrender. When we give up, we get it all. When we put our faith in Christ, when we believe. Because no, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. Faith is what makes God smile. Faith is what moves the heart of God. And faith is what it takes to be saved. Believing Jesus is who he says he is. Believing that he bled out his precious blood to pay for your sins. And you submitting and surrendering and saying, Jesus, here I am. I'll give you my life. And so I love that passage. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. It's not about doing things. It's about surrendering. It's about, it's about just saying, I receive the gift of eternal life. And so here Paul, Paul prayed that, uh, we would understand the power of Jesus, the power of the gospel. 
And so the power of the gospel, I'm praying, man, I'm telling you, I'm praying, I'm, I'm praying it goes out all over the, the globe today, here on Easter Sunday. There'll be, there'll be thousands of souls, hundreds, maybe millions of souls saved today because they hear the gospel and they believe by faith that Jesus is who he says he is. I'm praying that in this room. I'm praying that for those who are watching online today, that God is going to redeem those that are lost. That which has been taken and been held captive for so long. So Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus here. And I want to just kind of unpack this a little bit. And so he's praying for the church. He says, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. And I pray for you constantly. Let me just say this. I pray for our church regularly, constantly. I pray for the church as a whole. I pray for the churches in our community. You know, that we will literally take back our community, that we will reach our, you know, our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it won't be just doing church, but it'll be the body of Christ literally being alive and living in the authority that God has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would literally be spirit-led. He says, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And so I pray that, that we grow in our understanding of who God is, how much He loves us, because I think there's some that are sitting here or maybe watching online today that feel like God is out to get you, and He's not. He wants to bless you. He loves you. Man, He loves you with a, man, an unending love. He sent His Son to die on a cross so that you might live. And He loves you. He's not trying to get you. And you, you might feel like, well, I feel like everything I do, God is coming against me. God's not coming against you. He may rebuke you at times. But it's because He loves you. He may even stop some things because He loves you. But I'm telling you, He loves you. With an undying love. And so, again, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. How do we do that? By spending time reading God's Word. By spending time in, in the Gospels and reading about the, the crucifixion and, and the resurrection. And the more that we do that, the more that God will take His Word and He will literally enlighten us and He'll open up our mind. He'll allow us to see the things. And, and so it's, it's powerful for us to do that. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So I prayed last night. You know, it's raining. I'm thinking it's Easter weekend. You know, we had four services this weekend. I was going, Lord, I'm just praying for your light to show up. I'm praying for the light of Jesus Christ to fill the hearts of people. God, I'm praying for you to draw people here. I know it's a stormy, rainy weekend. You know, and I just I prayed, God, I just want you to enlighten. I want you to open up people's minds. I want you to, the light of Jesus to flood their hearts. This morning, I got up. It was foggy everywhere. And I was like, God, I, I'm praying that your light will drive out any fog in anybody's heart, anybody's mind, that they will understand how much you love them and what you did to purchase them and that you want them to be part of your family. And so here's the thing. God wants us to understand this. This is what Paul is saying to the church. Hey, man, I'm praying that your hearts will be flooded and you will understand how much God has this hope for you. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in Him. Like I said earlier, I believe there's a lot of people that believe in the love of God, but they don't understand the power of God. And, and my prayer is that we will grow in our understanding of the power of God to set us free, the power of God to heal, the power of God to unify, the power of God to do whatever He wants to do, if we believe and so I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Think about that. Resurrection power is at work in you and me if we're believers. Resurrection power is at work inside of us 
And maybe even right now, he's, he's, he's convicting you of things. He's drawing circles around things in your life that do not honor God. And the Holy Spirit is at work right now, drawing some of you, maybe even say, hey, you know what? Man, I want to believe. I want to be saved. I want to be a child of God. I can remember the night whenever I got saved, I was 19 years old, and I was sitting kind of over in this area, and I can remember thinking, God, I want to be saved. I want to know that I'm in right standing with you. But I really didn't know all the stuff. I was kind of like the, the thief on the cross. I didn't know everything. I, didn't, I had read stories. I knew Scripture. But I didn't fully understand the power of God and the love of God. But that night I got up and I walked down. And I took a pastor by the hand. I said, hey, man, I said, he goes, what are you coming forward for? I really don't know. I just know I need Jesus. I just know that I need him in my life. And I prayed a simple prayer, and that prayer changed my life forever. And I just said, Jesus, here I am. I don't have much to offer, but here's my life. Here's my heart. I give you everything. And, I, and I, I, I believe. I believe that you love me. I believe that you saved me. And I believe that you can change me. And I believe that you can do things that, that I'll never be able to do. And so it's putting our faith in Christ. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And so here's the thing. Whenever we, we look at that, we, we realize, you know what? If we give our life to Christ, if we fully trust him, he's the most powerful thing in the universe. And I know at times we think, well, darkness and the enemy, you know, they're pretty strong. It doesn't matter. They're subservient to him. He's over all things. And there's nothing that can keep you captive if the power of God is at work within you. Nothing in all of creation is going to separate you from the love of God. Nothing can handle him. And so when we get our mind around that, we go, God, I want to understand that type of power at work in me. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of what? The church. The benefit of the church. The church is not a building. The church is people. It's those who have put their faith in Christ. It's those who believe. It's those who have been redeemed. Those whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life in the blood of Jesus, our Savior. We are the church. And so the church cannot be held back. The Bible says that, man, the gates of hell will not hold it back. And so when we walk in that authority, we, we don't have to cower down being the church. We're able to walk in authority. We walk with humility, not pride. We, we walk in a, in a sense of going, God, thank you for trusting me. God, thank you for using me. But God, I want to be used for your purposes and for your kingdom to build up the body of Christ, which is the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Here's the thing. God seals us with the Holy Spirit. God is at work within us. I had someone message me that was just in the first service, and he said, man, thank you and Journey Church for being, helping me find my way back to God. And I said, listen, man, I said, I'm just glad we're part of your journey. I said, but I'm thankful that God is at work in you. And see, that's what it's saying right there. God is at work in him. God is drawing him close. God is breathing his life into him. God is setting him free. And God can do the same thing for you. And, and so here, here's what I want you to understand. God has a purpose and a hope for your life. Every person in this room... God has a, he has a purpose and a hope for your life. We just read it in that same passage right there. You know, that God has a purpose and a hope for your life. He wants to do things in you. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident what? Hope. The hope He has given to those He has called. So for everyone that God has put His, His Spirit inside of, man, you've got to walk through life with hope. Knowing that, you know, that we have this confident hope that God is at work here. He is not done. He will carry on to completion what He has started. You know, I may struggle and I may stumble, but you know what? I trust God to get me through this. There's, there's, there may be something you're going through. Maybe it's cancer. I don't know what it might be. But you go, you know what? I know that my Father has me. 
And if I, if, I don't, if I don't survive this, I know that one thing, I will live forever. I'm His, and He's going to use this as a witness for Him. That's my hope, is that God would use me for His purposes and for His kingdom. And so what God is saying, listen, man, I've got a, a plan for your life. I, I, I've got a purpose for your life. It's not just to go to school or go to work and, and you know, kind of live and die and that be it. But God's going to use you to do great things. There may be some of you in this room today that God is going to save your soul and you're going to literally be so excited about it you can't keep it inside. And you're going to tell your sister or your brother or your mom or your dad or your aunt or your uncle. And you're going to tell somebody what Jesus has done in your life. And they're going to go, man, that's what I've been searching for my whole life. I want to know more about this Jesus. And you become part of the purpose that he has for your life is for you to become a messenger sharing his gospel of mercy and grace and love and you're going to see lives change. And that person may do the same thing. And that's how the gospel is spread. So you just got to be willing to say, God, I want to be that person. I want to be your messenger. I want to be your hands and your feet. And I want to serve the way Jesus did. So God desires a relationship with you. I hope you understand that. You know, and, and I, I feel like looking back, you know, many years ago, I thought, you know what? Hey, I know God loves me. I know that Jesus died for me on the cross. I know those things. But, man, I didn't have a relationship with him until I was 19 years old. I knew a lot about him. I knew stories. I knew all this kind of stuff. But, man, it became a relationship when I gave my life to him, when I surrendered my life to him. And, and here's what I want you to understand. God desires a relationship with you. When you talk about desire, that's wanting something really bad. Right? When you desire something, you want it really, really bad. I mean, you, you can't hold it back. It's like it, it, you become obsessed sometimes. But God desires a relationship with you he wants a relationship desire he wants it he wants it so much that he would send his son jesus to die on a cross he, he wants it so much that he would watch his son hang for six hours and pick himself up to breathe you know and literally suffer because he wanted a relationship with you that's how much god loves you he desires a relationship with you yeah, and i'm just telling you i think sometimes we think that god is out to get us man he's pursuing us he wants that relationship with us. I think about my, my three sons, my three boys. I remember whenever they were little, I would go in and watch them sleeping. And I would at times just sit there and watch them and just they're sleeping in peace. And I would just weep because I loved them so much. And I'm just a broken dad. And I'm just a, I'm just an earthly dad. But my heavenly father, he looks on all of us. and He goes, man, I love you so much. I want a relationship with you. I desire a relationship with you. And so here's, here's what I would say to you. Man, he's he, he waiting for you to wake up. And whenever you wake up, he's just wanting to spend time with you. But too often what we do is we hustle into the shower. Or we run, get a cup of coffee. Or we tear off into the rat race of the day. And he's going, I just want, to, I want a relationship with you. I want to spend time with you. He loves you. He desires you. He's not out to get you. He wants to win your heart. He wants to save your soul. He wants to give you an eternity. He wants to give you the, the, the gift of eternal life. And so we see it says his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Think about that. That's his inheritance. You think, well, God's got everything. He owns everything. But here's the thing. That's what he desires is us, his people. He, you know, he, his holy people who have put their faith in his son. He desires us as the inheritance. I mean, how mind-boggling is that? That the God of the universe desires a relationship with me, broken, sinful me. But he desires that. And so the more that we can get our mind around what God is saying here, I mean, it changes everything. So God is making his power available to us. 
I mean, in that same passage, it goes on to talk about the power of the resurrection is at work within us. And so God has made this power available to you and to me that we can walk in freedom, that we can walk in peace. We can have the peace that passes understanding. We can lay our head down on our pillow at night and we can go to sleep because we don't have to worry about things because God told us not to worry about things, just to pray about them. And so once we've prayed about it, we've released them to him and we say, God, I trust you. And God, I trust you with my marriage, and I trust you with my family, and I trust you with my kids, and I trust you with my job. And God, I trust you. So I surrendered that to you. And so God, thank you for empowering me to be able to walk in this peace. Thank you for empowering me to be able to walk in confidence, not in arrogance, but God, in humility and confident hope. And so God is making his power available to us. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. So Paul is praying that for the church. I'm telling you, I'm praying that for us. That we would understand the power that is available to us. That God's Holy Spirit is at work inside of us. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. If we can get our mind around that, the power of God is available to us. And we just started this series today talking about the power of Jesus. So next week, there's a couple of, next couple of weeks, we're going to be touching on a couple of things. And I think, you know, we need to hit these. But next Sunday, we're talking about the power of Jesus to unify. I mean, what does our nation need more than ever? Unity, right? I mean, we, we are so splintered and broken. And, and man, we, we, need, we need the power of Jesus to unify. I guarantee you there are families sitting in this room today. You're here because it's Easter, but your, your, your family is splintered and it's broken. And you need the power to unify, to come together, to be of one mind, of one spirit, focused on the right things, the things that matter for eternity. And so God is saying, hey, listen, I want you to be unified. Satan loves to divide, you know, the divide and conquer mentality. He loves to cause division. Churches need unity more than ever. And so we need to experience the power of Jesus to unify. And then the following Sunday, the power of Jesus to heal. I mean, I believe there are, there are broken people in here with broken hearts, broken relationships, and God can heal that. God can heal our bodies. He can heal our mind. He can heal our hearts. And so I want to encourage you, man, to say, you know what? I'm going to commit to be here and be a part of that. So you might say, well, Mike, what's the step today? And this, this is the next step today. Make the decision to believe in the power of Jesus. See, I can't make that decision for you. Only you can. Only you can make that decision. If I can make the decision for you, I, I would make it. But that's your decision. So make the decision to believe in the power of Jesus. You go, Mike, I believe in his love. Do you believe in his power? Do you believe he can set you free? Because that's what he died on the cross for, was to set you free to redeem you, to, to, to set the captives free, to redeem that which was lost. That's what Jesus died for. So maybe today you go, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe. Because we go back to Romans and say, hey, if you believe, if you, by faith you believe, you will be saved, right? And so we've got to be able to say, God, I want you to, I want you to change me. So choose today to surrender everything to Jesus by faith. By faith. We just say, Jesus, here's my life. I give you everything. I give you everything that I've got. I don't have much to offer, but this is what I've got. I'm broken. I'm in need of a Savior. And so, Jesus, I give you my life. Will you, will you fix me? He says, not only will I fix you, I will heal you. I'll give you a new name, and I'll give you a new heart. And here's the thing. I'm going to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You'll be mine forever if we'll just choose to believe. And here's the last one. Choose today to experience the power of Jesus to save you choose today to experience the power I, I, I can remember the age of 19 getting on my knees and getting and I felt like man power had just just really shot through my body 
And I know it's not based on feelings, but that's what it felt like. But here's the thing. I knew in my mind that I was His. And I knew in my heart that I was, I was bought and I was purchased and I was redeemed. And I don't want you walking out of here today or tuning out today and going, man, that's what I want, but you don't know what, you don't, you don't experience it. And here's the thing, I can't make the decision for you. If I could, I would make it for everybody in the room. But only you can. See, it's your choice. Jesus went to the cross and died, but here's the thing, he still didn't force himself on you. He said, it's your choice. You can choose to believe. Will you choose to believe today? I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to ask you, what's keeping you from believing and putting your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation today? What's keeping you from being saved? We've already read the power of Jesus, man. He's over all things. There's nothing that has power or authority over Him. So maybe today... You go, Mike, that's, that's my need. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be saved. I, mean, I need to be born again. And so I want, to, I want to lead you through the same prayer I prayed when I was 19. And here's the thing. I believed. And if you believe in your heart, and if you confess Him as Lord, and you believe that Jesus died on the cross, you will be saved. And so right now, right where you are, just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. You already know that. Jesus, you know that today I've been struggling with sin already today. So, Jesus, I confess that I'm broken. I'm in need of a Savior. Jesus, will you come into my life? Jesus, will you save me from my sin? Jesus, will you wash me in your blood? Jesus, will you redeem me? And his answer is yes. Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. That's, that's being broken over your sin. So, Jesus, with all that's in me, with all the faith that I have, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. And so, Jesus, here I am. Will you come in and take over? And his answer is yes. A resounding yes. If you just prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, Mike, that's me. I see your hand back there. I see your hand right here. Anybody else? I see your hand right over here. Anybody else? Man, that's awesome. Welcome to the family of God. Anybody else? I see your hand back here. Praise God. That's awesome. Man, God's saving souls all over this room. I believe that God's doing that online too. And if you just made a decision online if you don't mind text us let us know so we can walk with you we want to put a bible in your hand if you raised your hand today we want to put a bible in your hand we want to we want to equip you we want you to understand the power of god to set you free we want you to understand how the holy spirit works in your life y'all you know, believe there's a lot of a lot of people sitting in this room that still are captives to fear you're still living in bondage maybe you're a believer you think, why would, why would someone who is a believer still live in bondage? Because we choose to sometimes. We listen to the lies of the enemy. And we really need to listen to the, the truth of God's Word. There may be something you need to walk down to the altar today, lay down and just say, God, I'm, I'm releasing this. I'm leaving it here. God, I've been trying to fix my life. I've been trying to fix my marriage. I've been trying to fix everything. And so, God, I, I, I just want to acknowledge that I am not in control. You are. And so, Lord, I just want to lay down on this altar, whatever it might be. And here's the thing, we've got to trust the Holy Spirit to show us what that might be and say, Holy Spirit, if you're telling me to take a step, I'm going to trust you. There have been people that have trusted Jesus as Savior today. They've, been, they've had the courage to raise their hand. Maybe God's telling you, hey, you know, I want you to walk down. I want you to just lay this on the altar. Our prayer team is going to be here at the front. They'll be, they'll be there to pray with you and pray over you. But I, my prayer is that God's going to set you free. And you're going to experience the power of the resurrection at work in your life today. 
Father, I thank you for meeting with us this Easter weekend. You're such a loving Father. God, and you reach down to us in our brokenness. You desire a relationship with us. Father, thank you for the love that was shown on the cross and the power that was shown through the resurrection. In Jesus' name.